What's up, guys? Welcome to the Imperfect Swing Golf Podcast. Today we have a, well, the latest winner on the Ladies European Tour Access Series. Um, Rachel, uh, can you maybe just give us a bit of background to who you are? Hey, I am Rachel. I'm a professional golfer on LET Access, and I come over and play Sunshine Tour. Um, won three times on the LET Access and twice on the Santander Tour in Spain. Um, that's pretty much me. Um, you know... Being a being a golfer is is quite a, a internal journey with yourself, really, because you have to you know go through so many thought processes pr- processes and stuff like that. What would you say is you know the toughest thing about being a golfer, especially where you find yourself right now? Um, well, as a professional golfer, there's a lot of traveling involved, which is mentally quite tiring. Um, but the toughest thing I think is that you're on your own on a golf course. If things are not going well. It's literally just you and the golf ball and you have to try and figure it out in the 18 holes. Um, whereas I guess in some other sports you have like, a, like like football, you have like a manager and physios and other teammates, but it's just so individual. Um, I think for me, that's the most difficult thing. You've got to have like, even for example, I'm currently in Sweden. Um, my, my coach and stuff is back in England. So it's just it's time difference and everything involved in trying to, trying to do well in your sport. And do you think, you know, we, we often find ourselves watching, for instance, the PGA Tour where they're traveling with like five, six, you know, members of the team that they'll have. Um, for instance, I saw Brooks Kepka traveling with like a personal chef and he has his trainer and whatever. Do you, do you feel like, you know, that's hopefully where you would want to see the women's game getting to that point where, you guys are also able to to have that those luxuries and obviously that comes with sponsors and and more investment in the game but do you think that's something that you think um you know let and lpga will eventually get to i hope so i mean that would be amazing to have my own chef um but i think i hope i hope it does i'm not sure whether it will be whether it will be at that stage in the next couple of years it might be a little bit longer um, but things are definitely a lot better than what they were two, three years ago, since the LPGA and LET kind of like had a partnership. It, it has improved. There's like there's more events over in Europe. Um, prize money's getting better. Um, so I think it will. I mean, tennis, like for example, tennis, the women and men play for it's not the same prize money, but the women get quite a bit still. Um, so that would be nice if golf went in that direction too. I think you just need, I think it's TV coverage as well. Cause you get, the more it's on TV, the more sponsors will want to sponsor. Um, Cause it's like worth their time. So hopefully we'll get that. Yeah. And, and that's what I was about to say is the, the broadcasting. I mean, that's why we watch the PGA tour. Cause every week there's, even if it's the smaller, you know, the Barbasol event, like we, we, that's like the golf that's on. So we watch it. So it's not like you really have an option for much, really. You just kind of putting on, if you're a golf lover, you'll put on whatever golf is on. And I think we've seen that with, you know, the Scandinavian mix and, and events like that, where there is, you know, uh, an interest in, in the women's game and, and people have taken to it lightly. You know, they, they, they're not, you know, the, the thought process is always that women's sports isn't really wanted, but then when you put them on TV, the numbers show differently. So yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, few years to see how, you know, 
sports media and broadcasting takes takes to the women's game. Yeah, no, I agree. It just shows that people do want to watch it. It's just it's never there for people to watch. And for example, last week in Spain, um, the Santander do a really good job of showing women's golf over there. It's like live on their their sports channels, and mm. we had TV cameras everywhere. Um, there is people do want to watch it. It's just it takes like a bold move, I say, from Sky Sports over here or something to go out and film an event. Say so, yeah, I don't know. It could be we could be in Italy or something. Um, but the the co-sanctioned events with the guys, they've been really good to try and showcase what we can do, um, to try and get that interest. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, I think. Uh, It'd be nice to have that much interest without having to have an event with the guys at the same time, um, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, I was having a chat to to another golf fan, and they were saying the same thing. It's almost like you still need the men for the women to get attention, which is kind of going <laughs> against the initial um, like movement to to get women to an equal playing field. Is like mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to still bring the men along for the show you know it should be on its own but mm-hmm. i think in in due time we'll we'll hopefully get to that level where you know almost every let events is at least broadcasted because i think you know for for the men every european tour events broadcasted um so we obviously exposed to the european tour a lot like over here in south africa but you know the ladies european tour we we maybe catch four or five events excluding the majors and those are like on yeah. YouTube or it'll be a very short amount of coverage. So it's, it's getting there, I guess, eventually we'll, we'll hopefully get there. Mm-hmm. And I think there must be a way of doing it. Because obviously everyone's going to watch the men's European tour every week and people will still, mm. people will still watch that. But I think whether the coverage can be in between the men's European tour, just having like a couple of hours every day of live coverage, that would be just a, you know, a step in the right direction from having 30 minutes the Monday after the tournament's finished, you know, as highlights. Or a lot of people also aren't aware that it's on YouTube um, mm. when they put it on. They need to, I don't know, sometimes on the red button over here, um, but then you have to have that feature in the first place to be able to watch yeah. it. So it's just not, it's on, but it's not always available to everybody to watch. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the movement is there and I, I think uh, I don't know if you you did watch any of the SA Women's Open because I think um, mm-hmm. LET did or Sky had it broadcasted on YouTube on that side because it was on mm-hmm. Supersport here but I think from from that event we saw over here in SA there, there is quite the, the demand for you know women's golf you know it was one event you know obviously you know that the Sunshine Ladies was only six events but I mean, for them, for the numbers we got, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was rivaling the men's in a sense. So it was, it was quite encouraging to to see that you know, wow. local golf um, actually pulling some numbers, especially against the men's, the Sunshine Men's Tour. So yeah, that's amazing. I did watch it actually because obviously I normally play that event without the COVID yeah. restrictions, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and it's weird knowing the course and not playing. Um, so it was good to watch. Um, it looked like it played a lot different this year to previous mm. years, I think a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was on YouTube and that's good that 
over there, the interest was really good. Um, I think also there wasn't many other events going on at the time mm. uh, over here. So that's why probably why it was shown. Um, but we need more of that, I think. And, you know, now that you, you've just picked up your third win, um, did you see this coming? You know, there's often this, um, like if you look, for instance, golfers will go um, with a couple off weeks and then all of a sudden they win. Um, was that the same with you? Did you kind of feel the momentum shifting in your game or or did it just kind of happen on the final day? Because you, you were chasing on, on the final day as well. Mm-hmm, I was. I wouldn't say I've seen it coming. Like my form has been okay, but I've been unhappy with the way I was hitting the ball. And, but I went to a course that I came second at last time I played it. Um, so I really liked that golf course. So I kind of had good vibes in the practice round. I thought, well, yeah, I'm doing, I can do okay here. And then when I got off to a good first round, that kind of like settled me in. I thought, right, okay, I've got something going. I got, like I played Italy the week before with like a co-sanctioned event with the guys. Um, and I kind of found something like practicing after that. And I took that into Spain and it kind of worked. And the final day, I kind of forgot about my swing and everything because I was five back with nine to play. Uh, and she wasn't, Nina wasn't making any mistakes. So I knew if I could just try and make some birdies and put the pressure on, um, which is what I did. And I ended up winning, which is after a seven hole playoff, which was amazing. <laughs> I think uh, you could have just told everyone that you like the golf course instead of playing an extra seven holes, eh? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, I was delighted to be in a playoff after being five back, but yeah, seven holes was a lot. I was getting pretty tired, say, after like the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, with, with a, a playoff, um, take us through, you know, the mindset of, you know, firstly, like you mentioned, you were five back with nine to play. Then you get into the playoff um what's the 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 thought process going through your mind is it was it more like okay this is you know I didn't expect to to actually catch Nina but yeah I am or was it kind of like I need a win you know was there any just slight um I don't want to say like you you took it easy or took it for granted but did you did you were you like zoned in 100% of the time or did you just think okay this is at least a good finish you know um well, I was very grateful to be in the playoff, um, but I wouldn't, especially after playing seven holes, you never not want to, you never don't want to win. Yeah. I definitely wanted to win. Um, and I did feel like I needed a win because um, I want to get my top six on access. So I kind of thought it's really important that I won. Um, so I was never zoned out. Um, every shot to me was very important in that playoff even as so much as like the coin toss, like you have to see who goes first. We were kind of both didn't want to say who could nominate heads or tails on the coin. Yeah. Um, but eventually she gave in. She's like, oh, okay, you can pick Rachel. I was like, okay, heads. And then I won the coin to play um, toss, which was like a win in my head. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely wanted to win. Um, and I, I kind of needed to, um, for sure. And you mentioned, you know, trying to get your the top six on the on the axis. Um, where would mm-hmm. you say in your golf journey, like where are you right now? Um, you know, you you've won multiple times. Uh, you know, where would you assess your your career right now? Obviously, I'd love to have my full LET card. Um, I feel like I'm close though. I've, the last 
not obviously not last year because we only had five tournaments, but the last couple of main seasons, I've been really close to getting the top five in the order of merit. Um, but I feel like I could definitely be on the next stage, which is my goal. Um, but I mean, I've played the British Open, so I have played like majors and I've played a lot of LET events anyway. Um, so obviously I just want to make the leap into the next stage. And I think I can do that currently with my game. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the next stage would be, you know, full card on, on the LET. There's often this um, conversation that goes on where, you know, you'll have someone who does well on the, the feeder tour. And then, you know, when they get their few starts on the main tour from, you know, the progress they make on the feeder tour, they don't do as well. You know, why do you think that is? Is it just the, the change of environment because you're not only playing the LET, but you still, you know, like you, like we we just talked about before we started recording, you don't want your f- focus to shift. Do you think it's all about like that little bit of a loss of focus when you're playing on both tours? Mm-hmm. I think it's been something I've been working on um, with my psychologist. I think once you play and you do well, say on LET access and you have wins, you kind of become comfortable in that environment and you mm-hmm. know everybody every week. But once you go up a level onto the next stage, you don't really know that. You know people, but you don't know them as well as what you know the other players. And you kind of, well, for me anyway, it's kind of like you have a point to prove. Like you want to prove that you can do well there too. Like, um, so it's, for me, I've been trying to work on keeping everything the same. Like no matter what the tournament is, treat it the same each week. Um, and hopefully that will work. But I think obviously you've got the added pressure. You've had such a good season before. Mm. Um, you want to continue that over. Um, so, and also you've got sponsors who are wanting you to do well over there. And it's just, I guess it's just a different environment and everyone adapts to it in a different way. Yeah. It's a, you know, even it's, you also see it quite often with, you know, um, the elite amateur scene you know someone will be number one in england or for instance like number one here in south africa that shift to professional golf and to what essentially to the next level is always so you know uneasy because like you mentioned there is that comfortable factor where you are doing well on that scene you know you know everyone like you mentioned and now you're kind of in this new environment where you've got to adjust very quickly and you don't really have much time either mm-hmm that's true and like i said earlier like you're on your own as well yeah um and golf can be if you if you don't know anyone you're traveling by yourself and you've gone from traveling with others to by yourself and um it is and we're not like the men where we can take a team away with us you know you don't have your coach and your physio and Mm. it's just and i think the shift from amateur into professional golf is very different because with amateur golf you either with your national team or with parents or and then you go to traveling to a country by yourself without anyone and you're going to learn how to book hotel rooms flights practice rounds um get yourself to the golf course every day it's just so different and then you're in a different country every week it's so different to play an amateur stuff as well um i think obviously the leap between let access and let is a lot smaller than that because you obviously do that already it's just it's getting used to the bigger stage, I think. And, you know, 
I mean, I, I remember the first podcast we recorded, um, I think it was mid, mid last year. Um, and well, actually this time last year, we, we had a chat about, um, you know, the costing of being a female professional golfer and essentially that, you know, the money isn't great, you know, to begin with. No. So what mm-hmm. you find yourself now, you know, you started crowdfunding, um, how has that process been? Has it been uh, what you expected? Are you, I don't want to say um, disappointed or, you know, where, where do you find yourself in this journey? Because, you know, putting yourself out there, you know, stating the fact that, you know, you're in need of, of funding is, is quite a vulnerable yeah. thing. Yeah, I was thinking about it for a while, but I was never, I was never really bold enough to like press, mm. you know, share on social media um because it's obviously not something anyone wants to admit that they need help but like to be able to play to be able to do your job um so it's kind of a relief when I did it I was like right it's out there it's done kind of close my eyes and just hope it goes okay (laughs) um but it's it's gone okay because from that like for example in other ways people have said you know on the side okay we'll help we'll help you with this Mm. And they've just and so yeah, set up a GoFundMe and it's kind of like made awareness, and it, I think it has helped quite a lot. Um, and then obviously, I, well, I went on to win, which was nice. Um, so it kind of took a little bit of pressure off, I think, um, with just a little bit of help from others. Um, so anyone thinking about it, I'd say definitely do it. Um, and if it if it doesn't completely work out, then at least you've tried. Was what was going to which what I thought um but just golf is so expensive that you can't do it without sponsors um you do need people to help you unless you play lpga or you're in the men's game um the prize if you unless you win every week you're gonna you definitely need some form of help from some from somebody especially during covid times you've got to take testing and you've got to stay in official hotels and bubbles and you can only eat in certain places it's a lot more expensive than it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, even when earlier this year we were in Cape Town for the Investec SA Women's Open, it was like, you know, you, you're basically told where to stay. You, they give you options, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's the most affordable either because within those places, there needs to be certain guidelines that they can enforce and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, yeah, COVID has definitely placed a lot, lot of strain on athletes because, well, especially in the golf scene, because you, yeah. you basically tra- you're paying for two people with a caddy, and on in your case, you can't even have a caddy because it would make it. I mean, you wouldn't even be able to pay to pay the caddy. So it's it's quite a mm-hmm. a scary thing, you know. And I think people don't really know that, for instance, sometimes you guys don't take caddies because it's mm-hmm. such a, a given on the men's tour because you're always watching European and, and, and PGA. But for instance, like when the ladies came for the SA Women's and it's shown on TV and they're seeing the ladies pull their carts and they're thinking, yeah. what, do they not get the memo or what's happening here? But um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite shocking that, you know, that, that that is the case that you guys can't honestly afford to bring a caddy along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just too expensive because you're having to pay for an extra person and then 10% of a winning or whatever the deal is with the caddy. We just we just can't afford that. 
Um, so we do just pull our own trolleys, <laughs> even on the hilliest of courses or in the rain. Um, for example, in my playoff last week, seven holes, I just I was just pulling my own bag. Um, so even sometimes we can't like you get offered electric trolleys, but it's just pull trolleys are free. So we would go for the pull yeah. trolley option, <laughs> you know, the cheapest option possible. Um, maybe one day it'll change and we will have caddies. That would be nice um but yeah it's just not an option really for us definitely not in europe lpga is different um they're playing for a lot more money mm. um but yeah definitely not not even on the ladies european tour it's it's a rare occasion that you see someone with a caddy it's off, quite often it's a family member who's like taking a week's mm. holiday to come and help or a boyfriend or something someone that someone else has come but we'd never pay for someone to come out and caddy not at this moment in time anyway do you think that also adds to that, you know, that earlier conversation of smaller events, bigger events, because on the bigger events, you, you forced to take a caddy, for instance, on the LPGA, yeah. I'm sure it's mandatory to take a caddy. And then, mm-hmm. you know, having to deal with someone that, for instance, you haven't had a chance to build that initial week to week relationship mm-hmm. with. So it's almost like you're on the back foot from, you know, versus the the main or for instance, when you play in the in in the British well in the Open, in the British Open, um, <laughs> when you played in the Open, you were forced to take a caddy. So obviously, you haven't had a chance to foster that relationship like the men or the ladies over in the US. So do you think that also adds to that, you know, factor of performing on the bigger stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I played the Open, I was I qualified and I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to have a caddy. I didn't really know who to ask or and we just got I just got a family friend in the end to come and carry my bag and he was he was really excited he was like oh my god I'm carrying the open um but yeah it's not it's not someone that quite often it's you don't know the person and they don't know nothing about your game um and the caddy kind of needs to know what to say at the right time for that person because everyone's different of course exactly um and that's something that you can only do over time so quite often a caddy for us, if we would, if it was mandatory, would just literally be a bag carrier and we would still make a lot of the decisions ourselves with clubbing and everything else. Um, I think the recent, the, on the LET, they had a co-sanctioned event in Sweden with the guys Yes. and it was mandatory to have a caddy. Um, so I know a few of the players that I know were like, Oh, who are we going to get to caddy? <laughs> like, cause a lot of people brought over family members but with restrictions in the UK especially it wasn't possible um because you'd have to quarantine when you came home and they have jobs to go to you know so it was you had a couple of people that were struggled to find people and it's just if you're not used to the person for me it I'd be more nervous because I, yeah. I feel like I want a point to prove to that person that I'm not bad at golf if I played badly or something um so yeah, mentally, it's, it's it's something that you have to get used to. And, you know, you mentioned uh, having to prove something to, to, for instance, the caddy. But, you know, what what are, you know, for you personally, what's your biggest motivating factor? Like, is there something that's that you zone in? Like, for instance, when you were, when you found out you were playing the playoff, was there something that you looked to that gave you that extra bit of motivation, you know, coming down the stretch? Um, not in particular. I mean, I birdied the last to get in the playoffs. Um, so I kind of use that to 
say, right, okay, you can do this because we were going to play that hole again. Um, but for me, it's just more, you've played, I've played really well today. Um, just keep it going kind of thing. Um, and when I'm in like match play or a playoff situation, I kind of like a different, like I become like more aggressive from my shots and I kind of think about nothing else other than trying to win that hole or do it in the least amount of shots than the other player. Whereas in stroke play, it's, it's not quite the same mentality. Um, so I think it brings out a better side in me. Um, so I quite enjoy it. Um, but yeah, not really apart from that. Um, another than that, I really like the golf course. So I was quite confident anyway. Um, that'd be the only things. And you mentioned sponsors and dealing with um, sponsors, you know, from your personal experience, uh, maybe tell us about your current sponsor, your, your clothing sponsor, and then also what advice do you have for athletes, whether they be golfers or, or non-golfers, but any athletes looking to engage and, and possibly pick up sponsors, what are some of the key factors that, you know, from your personal experience that, you know, they're looking for that, people need to possibly work on so yeah my clothing company alan green they give me clothes which i'm really grateful for um for them it's really just social media like the more you can promote them on social media that's what they kind of get out helping you um so the more followers you have on like instagram or twitter that's like a big thing for sponsors that they look for if you had like two players and one player had forty thousand followers on instagram and the other had two or three they'd probably sponsor the forty thousand regardless of how good they are at golf. And that's just the way it is for the women's game. Um, like, and you could also like golf, my golf club have been really supportive of me and they've helped quite a bit. So you could also golf club see if you've grown up, especially if you've played there all your life, you've grown up and you've come through and I'm sure they'd be more than happy to support you. Um, but, and oh, I don't know, like some people have management companies, um, but they've got to have the right contacts and whether it's worth it for you, um, I think is something that you could look at. A lot of management companies do different deals where some, where if they get you a sponsor, they take like a certain percentage of your winnings or they just get a certain percentage of the sponsorship, which is fine because you wouldn't have the sponsor without them in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but some management companies have to pay for it from the first go off, whether you get anything from them at all. Um, mm. So it's, it's tricky, especially in the women's game. But I'd say social media is the biggest thing um, because obviously we're not on TV as much. So that for them is the next thing that they can promote their company with. Yeah. I've noticed, um, you know, in the, in the women's game that the, the sponsorships are, few and far between you know you get your golfers who are either really good and they're winning often but they don't have a social media presence but because they are winning often they are in the news quite often so they they get the sponsorships there and then you'll have the golfers who aren't performing well but they have good social media and they'll have you know all the the gear so it's it's so it's so much more difficult um and even because i know because i provide some images for some of the players like this is their only way of, of keeping sponsors is just to keep them happy on social media. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, and especially cause you know, I work in the men's game as well and you see the, 
they really don't even care about social media, but they've got, you know, a full bag of clubs sponsored by Titleist or TaylorMade or, you know, whoever. Um, but they still have that full sponsorship, but they don't, they don't give the same output that women are forced to. So it's, it's quite worrying that um, companies still see it from that point of view and that they haven't invested in the women's game because if you have golfers who aren't doing anything, you know, why, why, what's holding you back from, from doing the same in the women's game? So it's, it's, quite, it's quite puzzling at times from, from, from yeah. someone who's involved in the industry, really. Yeah, like for, for me, for example, after I played last week, there was a load of like young kids watching and one, guy, one um, boy asked for a golf ball. I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll take my golf ball. And then all of a sudden, loads of kids came up asking for golf balls. I was like, oh no, I've only got like six in my golf bag. So I gave them like all away. And then I pay for my own golf balls. I don't get them for free for Titleist. So I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I've got four, like five more tournaments. So I played a practice round for the last two days with one golf ball on my back. <laughs> Because I didn't have any more on me at the time. <laughs> oh, geez. Because obviously golf balls are expensive. <laughs> yeah. No, man. <laughs> that, that's like, you're probably the first winner that's <laughs> that doesn't have any golf balls in their bag the week after. Okay. No, we'll, we'll, we'll tag Titleist UK on this and they better give you a couple dozen at that least. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh geez i actually didn't think about that one like oh no i gave too many souvenirs to kids i don't have golf balls to play with oh my and then i was a bit like oh, i couldn't say no obviously and i feel bad if one little kid didn't get a golf ball or something yeah so i was like i did have to say no in the end i was like i've got no more balls let's let's be out (laughs) oh geez and um Okay, that's that's hilarious. Um, I think luckily they didn't ask you for like golf caps and stuff because I'm sure you don't have many of those on hand either. I have one, the one on my head. <laughs> like playing yeah, the next the next five that. tournaments and your face is completely sunburned. You're like, oh no, it's because of, of that one kid. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! But Rach. Um, <laughs> You know, there's there's been a lot of talk about the the Olympics, you know, and the golfers involved in the Olympics. There's been a lot of withdrawals, and you know, people uh, with valid excuses, uh, or not excuses, but valid reasons for withdrawals, such as you know, COVID being uh, a concern, and you know, the women's, especially in the women's game, because it's placed so um, awkwardly in between majors and big events. Mm-hmm. What's your your take on on the way you know golf and, and the Olympics has played out in in the past in the past few well months really um, the way people have kind of had their their reactions to it? Yeah, um, I think especially with the women's side, um, we had the major last week at Evian, and I know I heard of a couple of players that if they played Evian, they wouldn't be able to get home and travel to the Olympics because of the restrictions of COVID. So they had a decision to make, and I know one of the girls didn't play everyone and decided to go Olympics, but a lot of people have decided to play the majors and not play the Olympics. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously for a lot of sports, Olympics is like the pinnacle of the sport. Like that's what you train for four years to be able to do that with golf. Um, obviously it's only been recently added and it's, it's obviously be amazing to represent your country at the Olympics in any other year without COVID. Um, but it's not, I don't think for a lot of people it's like the main thing of their season. You'll look towards the open or for them and the masters and 
I think for them that's bigger tournaments. Um, so I just don't, unfortunately not yet, it's not as big as what it should be in the Olympics. Because obviously we worked hard for golf to be an Olympic sport in the first place. Mm. Um, so I think, I don't know, I think some guys and women for them that, and obviously we're individuals anyway, their individual career, well, it's a hard decision to make. Um, I think any other year without COVID, everyone would be so excited about the Olympics. Um, it's just difficult with restrictions this year. Do you think um, the Olympics has to fight for its its place? And like you mentioned, it's not a priority for everyone as yet, because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, this is only the second time um, in recent years. Um, do you think it has to now basically fight for a position in the schedule really? Um, because even the, the first Olympics didn't really get the main golfers going over, you know, you had the likes of Rory and, and other players that weren't really keen on, on traveling to Brazil. Um, so it's almost like it has to now fight for a position, but do you think that, um, it, it should get to a point where it's almost like compulsory to represent your country, or do you think it should always be the choice of, you know, your, your personal choice i think it should always be your personal choice but i think well for me anyway it'd be an honor to represent great britain or england in anything um and kind of through amateur stuff you do that you represent your country and like world championships european championships um and i think so i think a player should think about that anyway like i've come this far through my country like it's one of the reasons why you're here playing golf um and obviously, sometimes players get to a point where they kind of forget that because um, golf is so individual. And yeah, I don't think it should be compulsory, but I think it should be done that you still represent your country. And obviously, with COVID, it's different. Like, that's a hard decision to make. But if any other normal year, I think players, you know, you should be happy to represent your country. Yeah, I think... Um once once it, it holds value in, in and I think that will only happen after a few runs where a few good memories are made playing that event and mm-hmm. it kind of gets that hype. I think then we'll we'll probably see, you know, the the top top players not turning it down. Obviously with COVID it does place um uncertainty in in, in, in many factors, but I think uh, even from what we saw in, in Brazil it did show that, you know, it wasn't a priority and and also the locations, I suppose, I think um, does also, you know, play a, fa- a role in, in these decisions. But um, just a quick question before, you know, you, you we were talking about how you are kind of on your own in, in, you know, playing golf. Has COVID, in a sense, now that you have travel buddies, does that, has that been at least a positive of COVID? Like you, you obviously um, share... A lot of time with someone you choose to share time with so you know who's your bubble buddy and you know have has that relationship also just kept you kind of calm during this crazy crazy period yeah we're lucky to be able to have a bubble um so i've been sharing sharing with a scottish girl called gabrielle mcdonald um and recently i think two three weeks ago we were allowed to um, stay in Airbnbs, only Airbnbs or the official hotel. Um, so we're allowed to another player. So we've got, I've got, I'm staying with there's three of us this week. 
another Scottish player called Kimberly Beveridge. Um, so yeah, you've got to pick who you share with wisely because you can't really change um, who you share with. Um, you're with that person for, for example, we're away for six weeks. Six weeks is a long yeah. time with a couple, you know, two, three people. So you have got to pick them wisely, but luckily I shared with them both before and we get on really well. So I'm lucky. Um, I don't know if everyone is so lucky, um, but I guess I am. Because um, you have to eat with them, you know, meet them at airports, stay with them. You can't, yeah, you, and you can't venture anywhere. Like you can't, you're stuck in your isolate, your Airbnb or hotel room if you're not at the golf course. So you could have a similar interests, I guess, you know, for Netflix and all that sort of thing. Um, so it's it's fine. You do get used to it. For me now, this is like the normal. Um, mm. I want it, since it's been relaxed Airbnbs. It's like oh, it's exciting. You know, get to do something else. Um, but yeah, no. It's, to be honest, it's fine. It's it's fine in the bubble. So. And yeah, I. And I actually have a point here for your Netflix recommendations. So that'll be nice to, to hear what the three of you have been, have been binging with all the time you guys have on your hands. So we've just, we finished yesterday's Sweet Tooth. It okay. came out recently on Netflix. That was really good. We really enjoyed that. I've already been Googling when season two comes out. Um, what else have we been watching? Um, started Lupin. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so we started that. That's really good. I'd recommend that one. And then we've had the Olympics on in the background, you know, the highlights. So we're watching that a bit. And uh, favorite, favorite activity at the Olympics. Uh, this, I mean, there's so many. I know here yeah, we have literally, I think, 10 channels uh, dedicated to the Olympics. So it's quite a variety of things that you wouldn't normally watch. But because it's the Olympics, mm-hmm. you just find yourself watching it. So whatever you guys have been watching. Uh, I really like the swimming because I used to swim in competitions when I was little. Um, so I really like that one. Swimming, like running, anything. I will we'll watch anything, absolutely anything. We've even watched like gymnastics. Obviously, the golf starts soon. But yeah, definitely swimming is the main one for me just because I can relate to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And with the, the golf uh, you mentioned starting tomorrow, what's your predictions, uh, men and women? Who do you think... Um, will be uh, wearing the medals come come sunday oh that's a tough one um it'd be nice to say great britain uh, tommy fleetwood hopefully for the men um that'd be mine women's side um nelly Corder is playing i think so she's been playing really well obviously yeah. um so her i think them too and uh, to close off on, uh, Rach, what social media platforms are you on and what are your handles? I'll obviously link them below, uh, but just for the people out there. Uh, Instagram is just my name, Rachel Goodall. Uh, Twitter is Rachie Golfer. Um, no, they're my two main ones, to be honest. No Facebook? I do. It's just my name, Rachel Goodall. <laughs> okay. I'm not as active uh, on I do use it, but it's not my main one. Um, but yeah, thanks, <laughs> Rach. Hopefully, um, between the time between now and the time the Premier League starts off, you'll shift your support to Man United. Uh, we've had a few good no signings. Way. <laughs> um, no way! Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need a lot of good signings to beat us. So. 
Okay. Okay, Miss Liverpool. <laughs> With that being said, I hope I hope it never rains, so you don't have to use your Liverpool umbrella that you have in your bag. And until then, um, <laughs> let's get Titleist to send you some golf balls. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Rach. Thanks. Thank you.